Welcome back to the Firm Foundation Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 6. Thank you guys again for joining me this week. This week I'm welcomed by a very amazing guest, someone who's played a huge role in my life, both from an athletic standpoint and a life standpoint. So, Coach Kevin Koppel, thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me. So, Kopp, tell me a little bit about just your background and who you are and your walk with the Lord and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, so um, I'm lucky enough to be the head baseball coach here at George Fox University, but um, I grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area, um, in Vallejo, California, and kind of was working my way through my journey through high school and and kind of figuring my path. Um, baseball was always a huge part of my life and really was trying to find the right fit for me, like like everyone does. and. Um, things didn't work out for me greatly when I was in high school. Um, as far as, uh, the place I really wanted to go, um, I, I didn't have, I didn't take academics seriously enough. And I ended up, um, going to a junior college, which put me on a path that sent me to George Fox. And, uh, I was lucky enough to be a student athlete here, um, be a part of this community and, and really grow personally, spiritually, um, in, in baseball. And I really just, uh, found kind of home for me and I had this grand plan to go into law school and doing other things with my life and needless to say um God God's plan was a little different on that and uh I ended up finding myself getting asked to coach and here we are and uh you know 15 or so years later I kind of was an assistant part-time um working a full-time job trying to figure out a way to pay bills and uh had some great experiences and um, was lucky enough to get hired on full-time here in 2015. And then here we are in 2019, um, got married and became a head coach. So uh, pretty crazy how life works sometimes, but really kind of just, this has been the place I've grown up. So awesome. Through all these different roads and paths, your life's not this straight line that we sometimes think it will be. Not even close. Not even so, close. I know you've coached with a lot of different places. You've coached for Team USA. You've coached here. You've had a lot of different life experience, been with a lot of different camps. On this winding path that you've been on with so much different experience and learning, what would you say from a coaching and a life standpoint is some of the best advice that you've ever been given? Ooh, this question's hard. Um, I think from a coaching perspective, and I think this will be a common theme of a lot of my answers today when it comes to things is um, nobody can be a better you than you. And I think, you know, I'm lucky enough. I, I love being around 18 to 22 year old kids that are finding their way in life personally, that are growing, that are developing. Um, and baseball is kind of my mission field and the way I get to interact with, with those kids and help them find their path. Um, but we live like it's so hard to not look around and want to compare it's so hard to not um think of well this kid's having success i'm not or this kid's doing well in this and i'm not or this comes easy and and i just think in the end like and i think this is definitely something i struggled with when i was in high school and even college is like you want to be something else you want everybody's wearing a certain brand and you got to go get that brand. So you fit in. Right. And I, I think, um, just really finding the comfort and knowing you're good enough. 
you can be you as a person and your uniqueness is what makes you unique right and uh i think especially on the the coaching side of things i'm around you guys six days a week for four or five months in the spring if i show up one day and i try to be something i'm not you guys are going to be the first ones to to see that and when you talk relationships with friends wives family like they're gonna see it and that's those are the things where we as people just have to learn to be really comfortable and accept we're not perfect and accept we have our faults but that's what makes us who we are and it's about finding people who can help you with those and offset those for you um and i think that's that's the biggest kind of piece of advice that's hard to come to that comfort level with but i think it's a really big part of a kid's journey and anyone's journey totally. there's been studies that have shown that we spend 12 percent of our day comparing ourselves to other people and that alone is insane we spend so much time yeah. wanting to be someone else instead of who we are well and focus on the things we don't have right because we compare ourselves to somebody else and oh look what they're doing look what they are right like it's really um it's really a drain on that side of things and it's really hard to be fulfilled and you know really see be comfortable with who you are if you're always worried about what you don't have exactly that's so great a lot of time that leads to a lot of frustration about gosh why am i not this why am i not measuring up in this area we have these fabricated expectations about who other people are. We create these false realities. Okay, this is where I want to be at. If I'm not here, I'm not going to be happy. And those fabricated expectations combined with fabricated reality leads to false expectations. And leads to just never being enough. Totally. Right? Like, and, you know, that's where we're always seeking something that's out of our reach in those scenarios, especially when it comes to, you know, like leadership and different things like that. Like, we're always trying to reach for something and we can never be present in the moment exactly. we're in and understand and what we have. There's so many aspects of it that of leaders who want to be better than, than themselves. A lot of times that leads to calling other people out. Maybe that's more of an internal thing as well, especially as Christ followers to call people up and then rather than call them out. Absolutely. Uh, well, and I think, once again, it goes back to being who you are, right? There's some people who are just wired a little different and a little more high strung. And you're going to, that's something when people are around you every day and they have those relationships with you, they're going to understand that. Oh, yep. He's a little bit more of an emotional guy. He's probably going to have a little bit of a screaming situation at times, or you'll have the guys who are great at putting their arm around somebody really and being able to go, Hey, it's just, we need better from you. Right. Especially in a team environment. And I think knowing who you are and embracing those and being genuine in that, right? Like those are the things that really help when you talk about, all right, what, you know, what makes a good leader, but also being comfortable with who you are. Totally. There's an immense amount of joy and comfort in that as well, especially when you can take that 12% of comparison out of your day. Not, that's not an easy thing to do at all. And we all fail at that continuously. But there's deep down settled confidence in knowing that God's in control of every aspect of our lives. Knowing that allows a certain amount of freedom. And like, okay, like maybe this situation sucks or I'm not the person I want to be in this moment. And I see someone else and I want to be them. But knowing that, hey, I don't have to have it all figured out right now. 
I never, never. You're never going to have it all figured out. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think you're hundred percent, right. Like when we can be comfortable in our own skin and really just trust that God's plan is God's plan. And we're going to, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And I don't need to be something I'm not, I don't need to be someone I'm not. Um, it really allows you to kind of live in that present moment every day. And it really allows you to be comfortable with that. Um, and I think that's such a hard thing, especially for 18, 22 year old kids, because it, it's, we're all finding our way. We're all, you know, kind of going with the wind on certain days and, and you look around and you want to be popular. You want to be that guy. And like, I, I use this analogy a lot with, with, you know, when we're sometimes having conversations and we're going through things is like, we've all been to weddings. Right. And like, I haven't been to many weddings where the bride or the groom have 25 people standing next to them, right? Like, let alone a thousand people, yeah. let alone a hundred people. It's always going to be, you know, five, maybe 10 on a big one. But like, when you think about it, the people who stand there, stand up there on your wedding day with you are the people you can't imagine that day going on without besides your family. Right. But when you talk friend side, well, if we're only going to have five people that we can't imagine that day going on without, why do we care if we have a thousand followers on Instagram? Why don't we care? Why do we care if we get a thousand likes on a photo, right? Like in the end, you're never going to be able to have genuine relationships with a thousand people. We just don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the power to do that. So if we can really focus on the four or five people who you know will be there for you through everything, and those are deep, genuine relationships where you know those people will have your back in everything you do, and those people will always be there for you. We're successful on that. And those are the things where we get caught up in how many likes, how many, you know, can we have a, how many followers do we have compared to Jimmy or Joe? But yet, like when the time comes, those most of those people aren't getting invited right? Like, so really focused on the genuine relationships and understanding that, like, you don't need a thousand friends, but you need five that'll be there for you in every moment and five people who truly care for you and will be able to speak into you and speak into your life and tell you when you're, tell you no, when you have a crazy idea and, um, you know, really be there to support you on that side. Exactly. Well, it's such a, a biblical thing as well. Jesus had 12 disciples tons of people following him and around him within that inner circle there's an immense amount of fellowship there and community where you're able to dive deep into those relationships which is so vital it's awesome well as we talk about you know your path and your life and the way it's flown with athletics and coaching and this winding path that we all go on there's lots of failure along the way how do we how do we learn to be ourselves in that and know that it's okay to fail while also being able to pick up the guy next to me when I'm still dealing with an immense amount of failure myself, but yet not defined who I am? No, and I think in so many ways, understanding that failure is a big part of life. And like you and I are both a little on the crazy side because we chose the game of baseball where failure is every day. Um, you know, and I think when you start thinking about failure, a lot of times failure seems final, right? Like 
if I fail at something, if I fail a test, chances are I'm not getting to take that test again. Well, in life and in baseball, that failure is not necessarily final. That failure is our opportunity to learn from it, right? If we go out and, you know, we have a friendship and unfortunately it doesn't work out and we're no longer friends, like I can learn from that. I'm, I learned something from every opportunity I have, right? Like maybe that, that person just wasn't on the same path as me, wasn't in the same spot you know, relationships are that way. So many relationships end because people just aren't on a, at a similar point in life. Right. But when something fails, especially when it comes to life, it's not about being final. It's about, okay, what did I learn from that relationship? How can I continue to get better as a person? And in turns, how can I help others with that side of it too? You know, it's hard to fill from an empty cup. And if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not really trying to build yourself up there's you're not going to be able to really speak in others or help them and pick them up but I think so much of people's development comes from dealing with adversity uh, you know a, a skilled sailor never develops on a smooth sea I butchered that quote but um, you know it's it's one of those things where can you continue to uh, grow from those experiences and knowing you're life's hard. Like you're going to fail at times. You're going to fail when it comes to friendships. You're going to fail when it comes to relationships. You're going to fail in a lot of things, you know? So like, how can I learn from that and continue to move forward? And, you know, I, I know in the, it's so cliche on the coaching side, but so many people talk about, you never lose in team sports. It's always just an opportunity to grow right? Like, and the only time you lose is if it causes you to quit or it causes you to stop. That's where it goes because every opportunity you have, you learn from, you know, and I think really finding a way to create success and finding a way to give yourself the best ability to succeed at little tasks on a daily basis adds up over time. Totally. I mean, so much wisdom there. Being able to, especially when you can't necessarily control the things that go on outside of what's in that present moment. Yeah, like we're going to mess up. We're going to, even on those little finite things that we can't control. And we can't control so much in life. We can't control other people's reactions. Can't control other people's behaviors. Um, we just have to trust that the plan is the plan and what's going to happen is meant to happen. And how we react to that defines a lot about our happiness, our success, our ability to stay, you know, level-headed, our ability to have great relationships, like those things and how we respond to things that go wrong are such a big part of it and really help us find ourselves in that and honestly push ourselves. We find out a lot about ourselves when bad things happen, right? Like you, that's, that's truly, it's easy to wake up Monday through Friday when things are going well and you're just cruising along, right? When, when that finally that alarm doesn't go off on Wednesday and now all of a sudden your whole day is sent into a panic, you find out a lot about how you're built and what you're made of, right? Like all like the days where you wake up late and sleep through an alarm are the worst days, but it's not because anything happened after that. It's how we reacted to that late to that alarm, not going off. Right. It, it ruins our day right away. And now all of a sudden, the whole day is thrown for a panic and we're short with people. We overreact. Like those are things that if you can really sit back and look and go, okay, 
alarm went off a little late today. I'm still going to get there. I don't, that doesn't mean I can treat people poorly, but that means I can now, I got to respond to this in the right way and find a way to settle myself down. Yeah. That's, that's so huge. And like, there's, we have these little minuscule failures and in a general sense, obviously there's, there's bigger failures as well, but those little ones and those tend to take over the whole day. Well, today was awful. We, you know, we, we go on these rants like, oh, like, well, where does it come back to, right? It's usually comes back to that one little thing. And a big part of that is, yeah, we got to take accountability for those things that we messed up in and, and we were late to class or the, we slept with the alarm. But yet, yeah, that doesn't mean that I, I can't respond in the right way. I can't treat people in a loving and respectful way and still doing things that I can, can control in the present moment, knowing that a lot of those things are out of my control and responding in a negative manner out of out of those anxieties and those stresses and it doesn't mean you have to respond to the first question of the day in a you know in a snippy response or anything like that you know there there's so much to be said for being able to center yourself and you know go back to that yeah. and i think that's that's such a huge part of it because you know if you can make others more important than yourself if you can really focus on your how you interact with others. You never know what's what somebody's fighting. It's such a cliche, right? But like, I always laugh and I've had this conversation with uh, with our softball coach about this before, but it's like one of the most awkward things that can ever happen to you is when you ask somebody how they're doing and they go terrible because you don't respect expect that response, right? But now you don't know how to respond to that. Uh, why? Question mark. Like, so it's really like, being open and listening to that but like not letting one action of your day define how you see the world right like you something doesn't go right can i flip back and be like okay how do i fix this how do i move forward yeah that's the humility aspect and the understanding of knowing that hey i'm not more important than everyone else and i don't need to be perfect and that leads right into the next question here. And as we, as we strive and continue to fail and, and try to lead ourselves well, make less of ourselves, more of the Lord, how do we then deal with that failure and those little things that we can't necessarily control? How do we create positive habits that can combat that failure that's saying, hey, these little things that happen, hey, they're not going to define me. They're not going to define the day. And what can I do along the way to continue to make less of myself? And I think the biggest thing is finding the little habits that work. Like everybody always talk about make your bet, right? Like if you just make your bet every morning, you've won the first battle of the day. If you, you know, don't snooze your alarm clock, all those things. But I think in the end, it's about finding what works for you because everybody's different. Some people love sleep and want to wake up 10 minutes before they need to get out the door wash their hair, jump in the shower, wake up and get out the door, right? Others need a much bigger routine in the morning. Maybe it's, you know, getting ready. Maybe it's just a time to just sit and think for a little bit, <clears throat> but really finding whatever you're comfortable with and allowing yourself that opportunity in the mornings because the days get hectic. And especially when you're talking work, talking school, you're talking sports or whatever you're into, the days start speeding up on you and really finding whatever that may be for you. 
<clears throat> reading a book every morning, doing a devotional every morning, whatever you need to do to help create that comfort for you. And our brains are flooded with so much going on. And you know, we wake up in the morning and we're, we're all of a sudden overflown with all these things we have to do. And the, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done? What do I have to do today? And it sends us into a panic right away in the morning. And yeah. And you, you know, like in my example, as a college baseball coach, I wake up and I usually have between 20 and 30 emails, um, mostly recruiting emails. And then, so you're like, okay, do I need to respond to these? How do we go? Right. Um, maybe you missed a call or a text, but after you went to bed, whatever, and you're responding to that, like, there's a lot of things that your first reaction is like, okay, I got to take care of this, 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 and this. And we're already starting to build tasks for the day. We're already starting to put together our to-do list. And all that's going to do is create anxiety and create those things. Our body's not even ready to handle that yet. So we really got to find um, our routine in the morning to help us feel accomplished and start the day. That's huge. Even it's not to say that listeners that we shouldn't have a plan and we sh that creating tasks are bad or anything like that. But waking up and making sure that is my mind in the right place to take on the day? Am I settled? Am I confident in the joy set before me? Scripture says that let tomorrow's worries worry about themselves. There's enough worry for today. And, you know, whether that be at night or in the morning, taking that time to center ourselves in the Lord, do devotion, pray, do something to, you know, quiet time, reset my mind, whatever's needed. Everyone's different, like you said, but, but creating that space where I can engage with the Lord, where even if I wake up late and I know there's anxiety or stress there, it's important to create that space to have that and build that relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's two minutes, maybe it's an hour. And I think <clears throat> you're hundred percent right. Like I have a to-do list every day. One of my, one of my greatest feelings of the day is crossing everything off that to-do list. Right. It's the reason I do it. But also at the same time, like if I'm still laying in bed and I just, my alarm just went off and my first reaction is to grab my phone and start looking through emails. I think I'm, I'm my priorities are a little messed up that morning. I think I need to get myself up. My feet need to hit the floor. I need a cup of coffee. And then we'll start tackling what's coming next, right? And we'll kind of see, okay, what do we have on the calendar today? What do we need to accomplish today? And I think we just, we're in such a hurry sometimes to start putting tasks together and start figuring out what the day is going to look like that it just adds to our stress. And I think we, we, I know for me, I'm better served to get up, get my feet to the floor, get some coffee in me, and then I'll start figuring out, okay, what, what meetings do we have today? What do we got to accomplish today? And then once I get to the office, I do a quick devotional, I write my to-do list, and then we're off and running for the day. So That's awesome. Everyone has a different structure, a different strategy on creating those little habits that promote a positive positive way of looking at the at the world and lifestyle and continuing to make more of Christ and less of ourselves is create such a positive outcome. Well, Cop, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a blessing to hear your wisdom and uh, just from a coaching and a life perspective. Guys, this has been episode six of season three of the Firm Foundation podcast. Hope everyone has a great day or rest of the week. Blessings.
and peace.